You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, you're listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. A big thank you to the guys from Club Integral for leading us in tonight. We're really delighted tonight to be joined by Rachel Morris, a writer and performer who is bringing her performance Our Carnal Hearts to the Southbank Centre's Chorus Festival this July. She's also running a coinciding workshop called Sing It, The Spirit of Envy. So hi Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Hi. Maybe from here on out you'll be Rachel M. Yeah, which will become fine. clear in a minute. <laughs> also joining us is Rachel Weston, a singer and singing teacher who performs in the piece. And coincidentally, you also run the Yiddish song workshop that our listeners always hear me talking about. So hi, Rachel. Hi, Emma. From this point, maybe Rachel W. I'm Emma, of course, and I'm also joined by Leo and Catherine. So hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> that was perfectly That, was, that was a real chorus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the South Bank Centre's Chorus Festival. We're also actually in the South Bank Centre at the moment, which is maybe why if you hear people sneezing or coughing or... Oh, oh yeah, that's just the noise of the table, oh, which you can nice. find. That's a glass of wine. As the central theme of uh, our carnal hearts is envy, my first question, because I was a bit baffled, what is the difference between envy and jealousy? I feel like I've wondered this many times, looked it up many times and forgotten many times. You might also have found that uh, it depends who you ask, because I think there's like quite a few different definitions. The one I like the best, I think, is from Melanie Klein, and it basically says envy is so I see you over there and I go oh I love your blonde hair I wish I had it she would say that's jealousy I see you over there and I see oh I wish I had your blonde hair I also wish you didn't have it I'd quite like to shave your head so that you don't get to enjoy the thing either <laughs> that is envy oh, wow. by her definition so it's a much more it's a it's a vi- a more violent thing and it's a wish to destroy the thing that the other person has that you want whereas jealousy perhaps is slightly more benign um, there are other ones about kind of envy being a, a two-person thing, jealousy being more of a three-person kind of triangular relationship. But I, we've sort of been running with that first one, haven't we? All about sort of destroying the, the desired thing of the other. Well, I guess that's, that's quite a serious definition. So maybe this is a harder question to answer than I thought it was going to be. But when was the last time we all felt envious it's in that case? That's a question, though. Thank you. In, in our Turning 30s show, part of the growing up process was learning to be less self-absorbed. But I think it was also learning to be happy with yourself but I do remember in my early 20s you know when there are people with cool jobs like actors or musicians I would feel that feeling of like oh if they're there then it means I can't be there I don't think I have the violent urge to destroy the thing that I want for maybe for quite a while and I definitely think I sometimes have silly flashes like when you watch the news and someone's won the euro millions i sort of think oh, i wish that happened to me but it's it's very light-hearted thing what you're saying about the real kind of personal aspect of it though i think that comes up to me it sort of rears its ugly head in me around maybe friendships and seeing things change and as you get older your friendships change quite a lot and you have different relationships with people and sometimes it's quite hard to let go of that past you can feel that irritation and the wish that you were still as close or meant as much to someone whatever that relationship is and I think that's where it comes out in me but I don't want to destroy that person <laughs> we don't consciously want to destroy that person I wouldn't admit on a radio <laughs> <laughs> I've written loads but I think I was working in a slightly less violent definition envious of people people's bodies people's jobs people's fringes I've recently cut my fringe as I mentioned last <laughs> week and I'm not 100% sure about it so like I see a lot of good fringes and I think 
People having like drive and ambition that like they know what they want to do. I'm envious of that. People's wealth, people going on nice holidays, people having like good self-knowledge. And as I was writing this by hand, I also thought people having nice handwriting because my handwriting is not very nice. Um, <laughs> and also when I saw you today, Rachel W., I thought I'm really envious of your really nice like ice cream sundae necklace <laughs> and yeah. almost to the point that yes I think I would rather I have it and not you because if we both had it it wouldn't be as like quirky and fun it was actually a present from someone special but if it was replaceable I would give it to you so that you would have it it came all the way from Japan though I'm sorry Normally it's professional stuff for me, so one of the things about envy is it's normally not the kind of Euro Millions people, it's normally someone quite close to you. So like there's this line in the show, someone like you but a little bit better. So it has to be someone who's like, it's almost achievable what they've got, but you haven't quite got it and that pisses you off. Um, so normally it's, yeah, it's like professional stuff. Like, I don't know, people that get grants when I've been rejected for things. Uh, people that have job security when I've chosen something so precarious. Not particularly hilarious, uh, sort of standard professional stuff. What about you? Yeah, I think I also have it very much with professional stuff. I think because a lot of the work that we do is kind of so niche that there's a very small pool of resources. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say is that a lot of stuff around relationships so I, I have a, a polyamorous relationship with my partner which means that we you know we live together we've been together years but we have you know relationships with other people there is you know there is a sense of jealousy and also envy that plays into that and a lot of it I think there's this kind of binary between kind of intellect and emotions so I think envy is a very kind of like basic deep emotional response so you can kind of think something and know something intellectually but the emotional response can be very very different for that so yeah I would say stuff around around relationships and kind of learning to I guess separate this kind of intellectual response from an emotional response can be kind of quite helpful. I have to say that Emmett the um the breadth of the envies that you mentioned normally I've never seen you as an envious person yeah, yeah. a very complimentary person so does that mean that every time you say a compliment like I like the ice cream really sundae necklace inside your your turning green because I was planning this episode I had some time to think about all the things I was envious of so I had a lot of time in my hands and also I think I had like looked into a kind of a definition that was yeah as I say less violent so it was just kind of like you want something that someone else has but like it didn't really mean like you want to destroy their lives yeah. or anything else. So yeah, I definitely think I look at a lot of things that other people have and I think, oh, I wish I had that. And for me, that's not, I don't think that's a negative mm-hmm. thing. I think it's more like a kind of an admiration type thing as well. Yeah. I think that's the thing about envy is that it can be healthy. Mm. Like the thing you bring up about admiration is bang on because actually what it can do is be like, oh, I, you know, I see someone doing a job I would like. Maybe I should go and do that job and like make steps to do it. But um, so it can actually be a a pointer of something that's quite useful to you. But it's when it kind of tips, I think, into something that you can't act on and it just becomes a kind of consuming negative thing that that's that's when it becomes more problematic. I think enviousness and like envy and laziness also are kind of closely related (laughs) because I think often, you know, there's this sort of like. kind of chasm between what you want or need and kind of doing or getting the thing that you want or need and sometimes the sort of the space between that is not wanting to do the work and in fact it's easier to take on this layer of emotion which is envy and that kind of allows you to focus on something that isn't actually doing the work to get the thing that you want or need oh that's i think that's really harsh on like (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it depends how you're kind of conceptualizing the thing that you want. Like if you're kind of saying, well, this person has this thing that I want, but it's because they're really lucky. That could be the only reason they've got it and I don't. I'm not, I wouldn't say envious. I think I used to be very envious in the sense that you were describing. Um, but, but I think I've taught myself over the past 10 years to turn it into the admiration that you're talking about Emma mm-hmm. and to turn it in exactly like oh I shouldn't resent these people they're actually doing something that I find cool and so maybe I should actually be gravitating towards them and hanging out with them so that I can like <laughs> so that it can kind of rub off on me mm. I don't know it's just felt a lot easier to deal with on a day-to-day basis because you hate yourself less um, and those feelings of laziness of thinking that you're lazy I think are tied I mean for me they were tied into that in that like oh if I only work more then you know I could do all of these things mm. but but I actually think that you know everyone works as much as they can or I'm they can allow themselves. I'm talking about myself more than like <laughs> in general you know yeah. to, just to be oh, no, clear I got on that. that. Yeah. I think that points to opportunity and privilege as well and I think that's when envy starts being spun through political kind of uses that kind of doctrine more an American doctrine but I think we're having it more and more of like pulling yourself up by Mm. your own bootstraps and if you work hard enough you can have what you want Mm. ignores you know class and privilege Um, and so you can end up beating yourself up individually for something that actually is a massive you know societal issue Mm. Um, and that's where I think it starts getting a kind of slightly a toxic sort of political use of that natural emotion can we talk about the show? Yeah. Is that what you were getting to? I mean, it's all on the plan, guys. <laughs> I guess we've explored a lot about MV, and so obviously that is the kind of main concept, the central theme of the performance, our carnal hearts. But can you say maybe why or how you chose that subject and what did you want to explore about it? I very first started thinking about it in quite a long time ago, in 2011, um, after the London riots, when like an arguable injustice suddenly tipped into that accumulation. It was all the looting and the kind of accumulation of stuff. And I was kind of thinking about where this like desire to have the next thing and to keep up with the Joneses was Um, and then I was just kind of reading disgusting interviews with like Boris Johnson who was talking about how necessary greed and envy was for capitalism and also it's just desperately taboo and people don't talk like you don't talk about it because it's normally people so close to you that you envy so I just wanted to kind of open up a space where it was up for grabs to chat about and to kind of disentangle it from its kind of shamefulness so that we're all free to discuss it a bit more feel less whippy uh that's whippy as in like whipping ourselves about it not the ice cream not mr whippy Whippy, which are you know i think it's fabulous it's a political space in many ways but it's also like quite entertaining it's a solo show rachel's solo show with four singers Mm -hmm. uh, with original music Mm-hmm. Um, composed by Louise Mothersole, who is very brilliant of shit theatre. Yeah. It's a square stage, so you have four audience banks, one on each side, uh, one on each side of the square. Rachel's in the middle, and you have one singer in the middle of each audience bank, um, and Rachel is performing within that. So you get this kind of choral surround sound score, which is quite lovely. It's a kind of piece of contemporary performance that borrows from the kind of direct address of stand-up. It has some bits that aren't set and that change every night according to chatting to the audience. And that's your background, isn't it? Yeah, I've done some stand-up stuff. So I'm kind of, I like, I like having bits that aren't set so that they can be very, very live. So is it, is it interactive with the audience when they bring some of their enviousness into it? Yes, bits of it are. You're invited to do that. Like I, I feel... I have quite strong views about audience interaction and it, the kind of ethics of it so I never make anyone do something they don't want to do because I just think it's gross but there are there's a there's a very definite sense that each time is different according to who's there and that feels important to me as a theatre maker otherwise I would make telly 
Um, so I read that it was performed in the round, which I guess is what yeah what you're yeah. saying. So you're in the middle of an audience that's kind of circled around you. Um, why did you choose to do it that way? And also, I have to say that the reason, the way I found out what that meant was I looked it up and I found the GCSE uh, bite-sized drama, awesome. <laughs> which actually explained to me what it was because I didn't know what that meant. Um, so thank you, BBC. Um, but yeah, so why did you choose to do it that kind of layout? It's sort of two things, really. It's a kind of practical realisation of an intellectual thing, which is that envy can't occur without a directed... It can't occur without the other. It's always a two-person thing. So um, having sitting in an audience and seeing a bunch of other audience on the other side, twice, kind of echoes this thing about being able to see the people that we're thinking about when we're thinking about them. It echoes this thing about envy always having a target. And the other thing is the kind of music stuff, which is... It's in the, some of the choral feel of it is inspired by this thing called the sacred heart singing tradition, which is um, the southern states of America. It's a kind of spiritual singing tradition where you have uh, singers on all four sides. I think they're are they separated by tone, like by like I think all the soprano type people are in one slot, something like that. But it's, it's in a it's in a square, and you have a, someone in the middle who's kind of leading with these very particular hand movements, and it creates this absolute bloody massive noise, and it's great. Um, and so I was inspired by that so we smashed the two together yeah that was from the beginning I think also it's got this kind of ritualistic element to it like you've got like a female person on like all four sides and, and your character does sort of take on this kind of priestess role and we're all kind of dressed in sort of a crazy religious slightly nunnish yeah and how did you devise the performance i did a bunch of writing so it was always there was kind of always this myth that was running through it as a hungarian folk story about a fairy who comes around your house and says i've got you can have whatever you want but your neighbor gets double and in the hungarian folk story the person just says fine cut out one of my eyes so it's like deeply harsh but we've sort of extended that so it's got a kind of so yeah so I had a bunch of writing and then I had some initial meetings with Louise Mothersohn was like I think I want like a choral version of Spandau Ballet's Gold and so then she I know and so she'd be like uh great come back the next day and be like what about this so a lot of the devising process was sort of spending time in each other's kind of vocal company so all the singers are from quite different vocal backgrounds you know we sing very kind of well together because we've you know done it so much and spent a lot of time kind of getting to know each other's voices and working a lot on the kind of the vocal elements of singing together so a lot of it was kind of working on that and dicking around with rubber chickens and things like that <laughs> and yeah. actually and it became quite a kind of um, feminist space I think that rehearsal room and has continued to be it's like an all female team like lighting production everything is yeah, yeah top to bottom and that was really important when I got the grant I was like why would I give it to men like I finally have this tiny bit of money why would I not employ women top to bottom and we bring quite a lot of our personal stuff into that space which has been really nice like we check in and check out in the mornings and after the shows which is about like how are you now what is happening for you now I, re- I really value it as a kind of emotional support space and a political space I think it's great you mentioned before a fairy story did you do quite a bit of research just looking at different cultures and traditions about how envy comes up what kind of things did you find out Americans claim to have like slightly less envy because of their class, their like supposed lack of class system. So it's, <laughs> but I mean, I've talked to quite a lot of Americans about it, and they're like, oh, no, we don't feel envy. I was like, I think you're lying. And then the, the major thing I found out is that some cultures really like put envy on the outside and have rituals to deal with it. 
and we don't and I think that's shit so there's a kind of bit at the end of the show which is from um, an old Guatemalan tribal ritual where because um, like the primary envy is, of, is often the kind of sibling rivalry um, and so what they do is they when a, a new child is born into a family with pre-existing children they beat a chicken or they used to beat a chicken to death on the existing child in order to like capture its envy and its ill will and so some cultures have these brilliant they actually have ritual which is great because it shows you and, and says this is a thing and doesn't just let it whir disgustingly in your inside um, and so yeah so different cultures definitely have different different ways of dealing with it and the British one seems to be to pretend it doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> as in so many things yes yeah. exactly so I think yeah I think the show like kind of is an envy ritual in yeah. itself like you do sort of create that space what kind of responses have you had to the show so far then I think people like it it's a relief I think people find it like quite grubby quite murky I think people think generally find it funnier because it sounds quite like oh heavy intellectual but um it's like super live a friend of mine I saw recently said she'd she like it made her kind of love and accept herself this sounds <laughs> like very self-blowing <laughs> my own trumpet. It's a self-help it's show. It's a self-help show. But like, she was like, it made her kind of think about really ugly bits of herself and accept them in ways that she didn't think was possible. So that's a kind of gorgeous response. <laughs> How has it kind of changed your view on envy? Yeah, I see it very much, I very much from a performer's perspective. So to be honest, I see myself as someone who's sort of doing a job, like giving a performance. So I think in that sense, I'm engaging with other people's responses to it more than my own. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does make it does make you think about sort of, you know, think about your responses to things and how envy kind of plays into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a point in the show where we ask people what they're envious of, um, and yeah, hearing people's responses to that or lack of responses sometimes can be quite, you know, we've done certain shows where you know it's sort of a lot of industry people and no one wants to say what they're envious of because you know it's about other people in the room. And then they come up to you in the bar afterwards and be like, the reason I couldn't tell you is because I was sitting next to the person that it would have been about. I think the best one was like a quite older, attractive lady who was sort of in her 60s or 70s and her, what was her thing? Um, her envy her, was her friends. My younger. friends got a virile new lover, <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we then sing their responses. So that was a, that was a yeah. I just think it's I think it's healthy. Like I, do, I think that's been my major change is that I thought it was something to kind of you know stick it in a leg and lop your leg off, <laughs> um, but I actually think it's really healthy if you can if you can recognise it and to just fucking talk about it mm. uh, it just takes the shame out of it and it takes this thing out of it and uh, yeah I think it's a, I think outside of the way it's spun in, in sort of politics and religion it can be a really healthy thing to feel I think I thought it was something to be ashamed of and, and like a big problem mm. and I think it can be but I now think that it's um, quite natural and I quite like the idea of you singing my envy out it feels like that would be a very cathartic experience yeah I think it is <laughs> and funny yeah, I think for me it would make me realise how like ridiculous some of the things I'm envious for, like hearing it kind of said back to me mm. in through a kind of choral. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe the necklace one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got an ice cream Sunday necklace. Yeah. I can imagine that being sung. Ice cream Sunday necklace. Oh. <laughs>
but it no but I think the choral element of it is like a really like it's key it's a, yeah it's a it's a really kind of like weird but maybe appropriate contrast to the the kind of the the grittiness and the the kind of the murkiness of and the horribleness and the shame of of all these kind of horrible envious things like the choral music is very very beautiful and it's very precise and sort of quite ritualistic and church like which kind of lulls you into this sense of like oh isn't this all so kind of beautiful which is kind of this um, yeah contrast to the cut out one of my eyes cut off one of my legs type thing and also it's 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 together yeah it's, it's that like we have contrast. To, yeah, we it's, have to. It ha- has to be something you do by listening and being together. Yeah. In opposition to the solo experience of To you kind envy. of being in the middle on your own. And it is quite a lonely thing, envy, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I think it is if you don't express it. Um, so can you explain a bit more about the, the workshops you're running? It's Sing It, The Spirit of Envy. Yes. Is that correct? Um, so how does that kind of feed into our carnal hearts? So that actually um, came first. It was like it was all part of the same inquiry, but it was this kind of different out outlets for it so we did that first and that is a a, um, song for a pop-up choir that changes every time and again it's kind of choral music it was originally composed by Verity Standen and it's gone through kind of different iterations Um, a woman called Ailey McCaskill did some work on it and now Louise is kind of it's the final version Um, so what people do is they they sign up you don't have to particularly be good at singing and you don't have to be able to read music um, and I asked people to send me, like, your your list would be fabulous. So I asked people to send me l- lists of things that they envy, and then I re-lyric. Re-lyric? Re- well, you write, I you write the lyrics, innit? You write them into the song. I yeah, write them into the write, song, yeah. so it's the song changes according to who's singing it. So you're always hearing the, the envies of people that you're looking at who are singing the song. Um, and it's a kind of three, generally a three-part harmony, or four, depending on how good people are. Um, and it's a kind of very, it's like a five minute sung choral piece where we're singing a big fat list of the people who you're watching singing the songs, their envies. Um, it's, you know, it's one gag in a way about kind of the, be- like you said, the beauty, like hearing kind of these slightly sp- spiky things sung in this very beautiful fashion. But it also came out of Gareth Malone and all his like, we should sing together stuff, which coincided with David Cameron's Big Society we should sing together stuff and I was like well yeah but also don't cut people's benefits that's another way of improving things so I just felt like it was a bit it was like oh we'll we'll improve the world by I mean because singing together is wicked it like changes your breath patterns it makes you feel amazing there's no I'm not kind of pissing on that but I am saying that you know that alone is not going to fix inequality <laughs> what has been like the most surprising things that you've heard really wildly specific the foxes in my garden having sex oh, yeah I'm not envious of that it sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> tight butts tight butts penguins who see colours we can't oh wow <laughs> yeah there's quite a lot of animal stuff and then there's it kind of flips between the like banal and the quite he- like heavy people who don't have depression people can pay all their rent people who sleep through the night all like people that eat lots of croissants and don't put any weight on so it's kind of slightly some things are very serious and some some not at all Maya Sternberg and her canoe trip Maya Sternberg and her canoe trip that was one yeah I'm not really sure who Maya Sternberg was. Oh, we don't know who no, Maya Sternberg no. was. Do you think it's just their friend? Yeah. yeah. I, think it was. Oh, I thought it might be like a famous <laughs> no, canoe. No, 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 it's just, just friend. someone's friend. Yeah, someone who'd gone on a canoe trip. Okay. And the first time we ever did it, it was this woman talking about a family opposite who there were twins and uh, in this family and they both had roller skates, whereas in her family there were four of them and they had 
one pair of roller skates between four of them and so they used to share them so like I really like people's specific specific <laughs> names are brilliant like yeah. Maya Thunberg and specific kind of family stuff is I think it was like she, she went on a really smug Maya <laughs> Sternberg, we don't know. We don't know. Maya wherever you are, you don't know you're being sung about. You've got the right to reply, Maya Yeah, yeah. We'll be looking for her Instagram with all the yeah. nice pictures we'll of her <laughs> imagery. Oh dear. Um, I did find a clip of a performance of that. I feel like I heard someone shouting David Attenborough, but yes. I'm wrong. That was a slightly older crowd, and uh, they were deeply into David Attenborough. Yeah, he was someone. Sometimes yeah. it's Beyonce at that point. Ah. Uh, but David Attenborough made a well I was going to ask if you could try it on exercise that people might do in the works I mean the things that I think are hilarious are the warm up a vocal warm up that we would do urine in the trenches drenches Judy Dentures Dentures so urine in the trenches drenches Judy Dentures Dentures and then we can sort of put like we can pitch it so urine in the trenches drenches Judy Dentures Dentures Urine in the trenches, drenches, Judy Dentures, Dentures. 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 That's the Gordy Weaver's tweezers give beavers the sneezes. What's the other bin one? That's about Uma Thurman's theremin is in the bin. Celebrity yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, is that the kind of thing you? Were, yeah, <laughs> is that what you were after? Yeah, why not? <laughs> and so, like, how can people take part in the workshop then? If you want to sign up, how do we do that? So, I think they go to the South Bank Centre website. As if you were booking a ticket for the show, I think you can then also book a ticket for the workshop. That's my understanding of it. Um, and I would highlight that you don't need to be good at singing. You just need to want to have a go. Because I am not good at singing, and I have insisted on making this work. Um, I have. I think like, I'm like I'm undoing some like trauma of having had a school report which says Rachel Mars is, you know, she joins in but is never tuneful. And you do sing in the show, don't I you? I do sing the show because I think we're like children are told too young that they're shit at stuff, mm. and singing is a big one of those. I mean, I don't know about your relationships with singing. I'm looking. I mean, at you love singing. Like, I love singing. Oh my god! So this that whole week, every single one of my workshops, apart from maybe one. And you brought yeah. your mum. That counts as going to like three. Yeah, yeah exactly. I went to your mum's choir, so that's true. It's a big, yeah, big circle. A, yeah, mm, I yeah. and she sang on our show before. It's true. Mm. What did she sing? <gasps> what did she sing? She came and sang some. We were meant to have a get. We were at a festival. We were meant to have some guests, and we didn't come on. So I'm, we just kind of brought my mum on, so and she good. sang so uh, just some Yiddish songs. I actually did can't she? remember. It was a few years ago, but yeah, she sang it. It was it was really oh, sweet. So yeah, good. it was great. Actually, probably quite one of the things I do get envious about is people who have a musical ability, especially singing, because that has always been an area that I got told when I was younger that I wasn't very good at. Maybe you should come to the workshop. Maybe yeah. I should, because people, some pe- I know we've talked about this before, Emma, where you've said, you know, everyone everyone can sing, you can always learn, and it's about breathing and all the rest of it, but I really do not have an ear for, I just can't tell, I feel like I'm in tune and singing like, you know, Beyonce, and then when I listen back it's just pain so you're recording I've been to a few church weddings recently and um, I actually mime quite a lot which I used to do when I had to play the violin in the orchestra and my bow would hover slightly above and I would just do the finger work to avoid ruining it for everyone I'm the sort of same sort of opposite depending on how you look at it but I am convinced that I am an extraordinary singer and then like 
<laughs> Ellie, my girlfriend, she was listening to these things. She's like, you can't sing. And she's so, she's always saying the nicest things about me. And she's just, like, <laughs> she's just being really honest. So she can't help herself. Although, doesn't that make you feel like the stuff that she does say that's nice is, is super true then? Yeah, that's I mean, really nice. that's really... That's the flip side of it. That is true. Sometimes I can sing on tune and sometimes I can't. And I don't feel like I have control over what I'm doing. What And I, I think I can hear it. I can't... I think I can hear what I'm mentioning when I'm not, but I don't feel like I can do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just happening. Mm. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you yeah, can. You true. can learn. I'm kind of the, of the opinion that anyone can sing and everyone should sing. Mm. So, like, so the kind of stuff that we do in the workshops, which, by the way, is, is Yiddish folk song. It's not so. It's more about the repertoire and the history and the culture than the the sort of the, the cultural narrative of the yeah. song. And I think what you're doing, it's not. It's, it's about not just like coming, ha- it's about being together. Yeah, and it's. it's it, yeah. Can you remind our listeners when and where they can see our Carnal Hearts? Yes. Um, so you can see our Carnal Hearts this Saturday, the 1st of July, at the South Bank Centre. It's on twice, it's on at half past two and half past seven, and you can get tickets at the South Bank Centre website. Uh, Sing It Spirit of Envy is the following day, Sunday the 2nd at 3 pm, and I think it's a three hour workshop. We're also performing it um, for two weeks at the Edinburgh Festival at Summer Hall. From the 15th till the 26th. Yeah. And also in Clandidno. Clandidno. I know where that is. That's in Wales. Yes, My uncle lives there. I was sent into the show. That is the 16th and 17th of September. September. And apparently we're doing it in an old hotel, an old disused hotel, so that should be fabulous. Well, your uncle will love it, I'm sure. Yes. And in Brighton in October? In Brighton in October. I can't remember when, but... And in Ghent. In if, if we have oh, any Belgian Ghent. listeners I've been to Ghent oh my god you know everywhere that we're you know doing everything. it <laughs> any other projects you want to plug well I will probably be running my Yiddish song workshops again in Whitechapel which um, Emma has come to and you can um, vouch for their wonderfulness oh, yeah. <laughs> we can tweet about it we can t- yeah what's your tweet Oh, our What's Twitter. Your your our Twitter <laughs> handle. Our Twitter handle is at VLW Radio. And just while we're on the subject of our social media and other things, we're also on Facebook. We have an Instagram that we don't really use, but I mean, why not get involved with that? And we also have a podcast which is on Acast or iTunes or any other podcasting app. Just search for Very Loose Women and you will find us. Thank you so much, Rachel and Rachel. Thank you. Both Rachels. Best of luck with your performance. Thank and you I very much. might just send you a list of everything that I'm envious of. Great. To and help us come and sing with us. David Attenborough. David Attenborough.